If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Level Up, the esports and gaming show. With me, Nathan Bliss, esports and gaming writer at Reach PLC. Joining me on Level Up today is Arava, content creator and one-fifth of gaming and lifestyle brand Quadrant, which is founded by McLaren, Formula One driver Lando Norris. Arava joins me to talk about F1 2021, ahead of the games release later this year, and all things esports, really. Arava, how are you doing? You all right? I'm good. I'm good. Very good. Excited. As you said, F1 2021 is, is on the horizon. All the news is slowly kind of breaking out, and uh, yeah, the hype is slowly building, I think, across the community. Yeah, I love this time of year because the F1 season started and you want to yeah. get on the F1 game, but there's no new game. So you go to the 21, but it, the, the tw- like F1 2020 as it is now, but it doesn't yeah. quite hit the spot because the liveries aren't quite right and the, the lineups yeah. aren't quite right. It's that kind of feeling, isn't it? It's that buzz, yeah, when you watch like a real Grand Prix, like, oh, I would love to like do that sort of like scenario in like a race or whatever like that. And then, yeah, you go on the old game. It's not quite the same, which is why I think you'll see a lot of us gamers on F1, especially with the PC version, using a lot of PC mods to try and get the 2021, uh, the current liveries yeah. in, much to probably Codemaster's dismay. <laughs> us <laughs> doing that, but they can't really do anything. It helps their game out for sure. So I think they're kind of, you know, they let it slide. Um, but yeah, it's a really exciting time of the year. Definitely already noticed like the hype picking up when the season started. And then now, you know, since what was it? I think three, four weeks ago when uh, they first announced F1 2021 with a very, very lovely trailer. Yeah. Um, the hype is, yeah, slowly building. And I think this could be a very tasty year for the game. Definitely. And before we go into that, I just want to say congratulations as well on the half a mil subscribers oh, for your you YouTube channel <laughs> uh, and also getting involved in Quadrant as well, which I want to talk to you about uh, as well, because yeah, I think sure. it's an amazing thing. Really exciting and really excited to hear more about that. But let's go into um, looking ahead to F1 2021 then and what's been released so far and to get uh, your thoughts on it as well. Um, so the release date is Friday, July 16th, 2021. Um, which is not far away now. It's getting closer. The excitement's building, as you said. And uh, they've released details about a brand new story mode called Breaking Point, where players take on an epic journey as they arrive from the ranks of Formula 2 to a shot at the stardom in the world of Formula 1. Now, we don't know too much about this, apart from that that very nice trailer, as you said. But what we do know is that Devon Butler will be returning, <laughs> having debuted in F1 2019, that ultra-annoying teammate that he had... Um, so what what are you just your initial thoughts on on breaking point and what do you think we're going to see have you got any guesses I'm I'm really excited for it for one I think it's given me the vibe from especially from the trailer the way like you know you you were hearing so many multiple voice actors the, even the, just the graphics themselves, even though it was a very it was a very teasing trailer, there was no in-game stuff. But clearly, the polish was there, and it's a polish that I've not seen in a Codemasters trailer like that before. So it gave me a lot of hope. With maybe they're making a real big step up. Apparently, it's been in development for a couple of years now. So it's given me, uh, you'll know, like the same sort of vibe as the Journey off FIFA. It's that similar sort of vibe where it's like a big 
story-driven thing and they put a lot of work into it. So I hope it pays out. As you said, Devin Butler returns, which uh, is kind of in the F1 folklore for being, yeah, an absolute muppet of a, of a, of a rival from <laughs> F1 2019. Um, so that's in itself a really nice Easter egg. I really, it was uh, a classy thing to do in a way, kind of because I think they realized the community actually, you know, grew, not a fondness, but like a, a kind of, like, they like to hate him in F1 2019. So it's really nice that they've actually, you know, looked at the community seen what's going on on Twitter for example back then when that game came out and they kind of brought it back through into 2021 um, and yeah I'm just really interested to see what it kind of actually looks like and Codemasters haven't really done that much with F1 and story driven stuff they kind of dabbled in it F1 2019 with the F2 story mode but that was you know very small and left everyone wanting more so this is the more part I guess so we're still waiting for details but from what I've seen I've got a very nice vibe coming towards me in terms of mm. as an F1 fan, as a YouTuber as well. Just, I think the polish they showed in the trailer, even though it was a really tiny trailer, I think it just, it's a step above what they've done before. Yeah, you mentioned the trailer. That was the definition of a teaser trailer because mm. it gave, it gave a lot away but then nothing like nothing. you yeah, yeah. <laughs> you watched it and you thought oh like, there's so much I can I can get from this and then you watch it back and you're like oh they actually didn't say a lot there's in not there a lot. really yeah so yeah uh, the only thing they've said is I'm just reading directly from the statement they gave to, to press at the time it says yeah. it immerses players into the glamorous world of F1 giving a taste of the lifestyle both on and off the track the rivalry's emotion and dedication needed to complete compete at the highest level. So maybe there's obviously we, we've seen in the last few years of the F1 games that you've got an agent and you walk around the paddock and stuff and yeah. you can't really control that. But maybe there'll be a bit more of that. I don't know. We'll have to see. But um, what are your hopes for it? Do you think? Well, what are you hoping that is going to be included? I hope there's a lot more like padding around the actual racing itself, which obviously you know the gameplay is important because that's the, that's the, you know you racing around and whatnot. But for me, I think after F1 2019, I was wanting way more from more cutscenes, more kind of. Uh, immersion around that like you said you know the agent walking around and things like that and actually uh, strangely enough it's a very Codemasters thing to do but they kind of actually revealed a bit more info in like other areas like the the steam blurb gave away a little bit more so we know that there's going to be Devin Butler in the game but there's also two other main fictional characters called Aiden Jackson and Casper Aikman, I think it is, if I remember it. Um, so there's going to be three protagonists. We don't know who, I, I'm guessing Devin's going to be the bad guy. Um, but I think, I hope with three main characters like that, there'll just be more cutscenes, more interactions, maybe more choices for us to do. You know, we're right now in F1 2020, we have, you know, the PR agent and you have interviews after the race. Maybe there's going to be more of that. And I hope so. And I hope maybe those can affect the storyline in, in a way. And, you know, maybe people can get different outcomes, which will be very sweet. Because I think, uh, especially on YouTube, maybe, you know, people watching my videos or other creators' videos, it'll be cool if they can get a different experience or just even your mates, if you're talking to it, you know, at school or whatever, or uni, uh, if you just talk to your mates and you have a different experience to them, it could be cool. So, yeah, I just hope I hope there's a lot more there than maybe what we were expecting back in F1 2019 and didn't get. And I think, you know, I don't want to speak too soon, but from what we've seen of that, yeah, teaser trailer that doesn't show as much. But the fact that they've been working on it apparently for about three years uh, in tandem with the other games they're producing at the time, F1 2019 and 2020, uh, I've got some hope. I'm always, but I'm always quite optimistic about new F1 games. I always like to go in kind of blind. Don't think about what maybe negatives were from the last game. I like to just get hyped up because you know, at the end of the day, I'm just an F1 fan, an F1 nerd uh, that likes the F1 game. So same, same. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was really interesting what you said about 
the multiple endings because that's where games are going. Like if you look at like yeah. Cyberpunk and loads of other different games as well, I can't think of the top of my head right now, but that's where games are going. It'd be really good to see an F1 game get to that stage where, like you said, you have different endings, if you like, and yeah, totally. your season goes different ways. And um, yeah. I mean, obviously being the next first next-gen F1 game as well, I think that might give them a bit more power or a bit more leeway to do interesting yeah, little bits. I yeah. think um, this. Uh, I, th- I think uh, Lee Ma, the, the girl, main guy at Cody's, uh, already confirmed that it's going to be on the same engine as the last uh, couple of games. So I think they're maybe switching to a new engine after this for F1 2022. So kind of you know, going two years in advance. Um, so it's kind of it's a game where it's going to be a transition game. I think in terms of maybe how it pans out with how much power they have around it and resources. But clearly. If they're developing it for three years, you'd hope that there's going to be a lot there. And uh, yeah, like you said, different outcomes. We already kind of get that a little bit with things like my team, like, you know, different career mode saves can have different outcomes. Uh, you know, different driver transfers, for example. You know, for example, in my the latest career mode, Lando Norris is in a Red Bull. Uh, for your career mode, it may be very different. He may still be at McLaren. So we're already getting a little bit of that, but it could be cool to actually see that in this story mode. Like you said, other story games, Cyberpunk, I think like Witcher as well is a good one. I think I can go spring to mind or Fallout, you know, different, you know, different yeah. ways to go about it and also different ways to play and just, you know, see out the, the career whilst you're doing it. Yeah, they have said with the um, Xbox Series X and S and the PlayStation 5, it, the game will boast a visual uplift and faster right, loading yeah. time. So there's there's not any mention about, you know, improved physics or anything like that. Or No, uh, I know. think that will come the next game, I think. Yeah. So it's a yeah. transitional game, but thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, I don't think it's the same sort of transition that we had back in uh, F1 2014 to 15 yeah, when we yeah. went from PS3 to PS4 and vice versa Xbox 360 to Xbox One at the time um I don't even know it was a real howler it was a it was a massive howler because 2014 to 15 although graphically and the engine and the physics were very new um the F1 2015 game launched without a career mode entirely yeah. um and the physics actually ended up being very very uh, uncomfortable to drive with so thankfully I'm not getting of a sense that it's going to be quite like that it's going to be a, just a nice polished transition they know what they're doing they've learned from their mistakes uh from then and yeah i'm excited to see also just the, the things like the load times as well because I, I know from experience like the playstation 5 and xbox series x the load times are ridiculous now um for some of these games so it'd be cool to see how that is because f1 can sometimes take a little bit of a while to load into every session <laughs> I'll tell you what I was thinking. I was watching Free Practice 2 earlier today with the Monaco Grand Prix. Obviously, yeah. we were recording on the Thursday. And Ted did an interview with Toto Wolff. And they, he basically said that Mercedes are focusing now on 2022. And there'll be a few little upgrades for this yeah, year. Yeah. Um, but mostly they're focused on 2022. Seems like Codemasters are in a very similar position where they... Yeah, they, yeah you know, that's they, a pretty good point, actually. Do you know what I mean? Because they, they've got, the game's going to change so much next year. Because, because of, of the, the new sport. physics, yeah, yeah, exactly. They've got to do a whole new. Mm. I mean, I can't even. I don't. I can't even think about how much the physics are going to change and how much they have to work with F one because these will be the brand new F the yep. twenty twenty two cars that no one's ever seen before or no one's ever gone on track. So how are they going to get it accurate? I have no idea. So how much effort do they put into this one, which I'm, will be the last one of the hybrid era? It's a difficult. It's a difficult decision. Yeah. Isn't it? I imagine in a, in a way, it, different to the real-life teams, in a way, they may have actually been helped out a little bit in terms of with the, obviously, delay of twenty the, 20, yeah, the regulations that True. are coming in next yeah. year. They're going to come in this year. 
uh, and that delayed everything. So I guess maybe when when that hit, it gave them one more year to maybe perfect the physics there because really, you know, they're going to, if if the regulations had changed this year, they would have still had to go in quite blind with the physics and they're going to have to work with the teams obviously to an extent, extent, but there's only how, there's only so much data the teams will give them. So uh, maybe this extra year might actually help them polish things like that because essentially this year, what we've got 2021, are last year's cars with slightly cut down force because of the floor and stuff like that. So that will be reflected in the game. Like they can just, I know how, the, I know, I've seen the coding in the game because I, I mod the game for PC. So I'm sure they can just turn down some numbers and that will be good enough in terms of the physics engine and, and handling for this year's game. So it might actually, in a way, funnily enough, help them a little bit. But uh, at the same time, I'm sure the whole, you know, restrictions with COVID maybe have not helped any game developers, you know, having to work remotely and kind of adapt to that. So it's going to be, yeah, interesting. But um, I think Codemasters is in a very different place to what they were a couple of years ago when I may have been a bit scared about this sort of situation. But now I think they're in a good place. Obviously, we've spoken about this, uh, you know, away from this podcast about, you know, EA, you know, taking them over now. Um, so the impact EA may have might be a positive one in terms of the resources and helping that out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in terms of what you said about the 2022 and how that was delayed, it might help them for this year in that they can refine the physics mm. a bit because the cars are so similar. I know they've cut the downforce a little bit, but the cars are quite similar in terms of you know how what they look like and how they work and the aerodynamics it just gives them maybe a year to say okay we don't have to actually change that much with the physics let's just focus yeah. on getting it fine-tuned and then let's focus on on next year and getting it all complete so we might see a more refined physics system hopefully this year as well yeah essentially yeah definitely yeah, definitely so let's move on to career mode then um which now gives a new two-player option that allows friends to join online and play cooperatively or choose different teams and take rivalries to the track in synchronous race sessions. So that could help you potentially. That gives you a lot of kind of freedom in terms of content, doesn't it? You can have battles with different content creators and potentially I'm sure you've already looked at this and thought, yeah, yeah th this uh, is content. Yeah, it's a very interesting thing. I think a lot of people have been wanting co-op career. We used to have it back in, I think, last time, last game was F1 2011, I think. So quite some time ago. It's, it's taken a whole 10 years for it to come back into the game. <laughs> but um, yeah, throughout like, you know, the years, yeah, content creators, we've always done like little collab series where we maybe, you know, artificially made a career mode in just like, you know, doing online Grand Prix sessions. But to now have something like this where I'm, I'm, I'm assuming the R&D will be a part of it. And uh, you, you, I think I read you can, you know, change this assists and whatnot on your end so you can still race with someone that might be a lot better than you um so i think just for friends and just people in the community racing with their mates i think it's gonna be a really really cool dynamic and difference to how they maybe play career mode and i think it can not it can help bridge the gap a, a little bit between career mode and online because right now i feel like you know obviously the majority of people buy f1 for the career mode and then you've got this very dedicated small niche of online players that do league racing so this could help bridge that gap maybe bring more casuals over to the online side maybe um but yeah there's already some really cool content plans hopefully uh in the pipeline that might involve also quadrant as well and uh, and Lando, you never know. So uh, that could be quite <laughs> Ooh, cool. <laughs> little hint there, like that. I like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking in terms of if you're if you're buying an F1 game for the first time ever, yeah. and you want to race online. Imagine going into a ranked or unranked lobby for the first time. You would just chaos. Be, yeah, exactly. Chaos. You wouldn't really know. But I suppose if you went on, say, if I was buying the game for the first time 
and you were you are obviously an experienced player, uh, you could say, oh, why don't you jump on with me on a co-op career mode? Um, and we can just go through it and you kind of feel, yeah. do you know what I mean? And then when I'm coming up towards you or trying to like getting closer to you at that point, we can, you can then go, actually, now you're ready to go online because it gives you that kind of in, like, like you said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like you said, it, the, the different skill gaps, uh, it seems like will be perfectly fine. You can play with whatever sis you want on your end. Um, so, you know, I think, yeah, it's really going to be good for that. And then also, I think it's just something that people have been wanting. We've been wanting an online career mode where you can do R&D with your mate. And, you know, they don't have to be a teammate as well in this cold career. You can actually choose to be a different team. So you can either have a rivalry or you can work as a tandem team and build up the R&D. And that's something where, you know, I think a lot of people that maybe like racing online and maybe are, you know, bored with of AI and stuff like that. They've always wanted something like this where they can play with their mates and it's actually a bit more tangible, like you're playing against someone actually there as well so i think that's going to be a really neat dynamic and i'm curious to see also what the r and is like because i think they've mentioned that they've refined that not just for the co-op but also just for the whole game so uh, as an avid career mode player that's gonna be quite interesting to see how how they've done that exactly but we obviously don't have too many details it's all been a rather tease to us yeah definitely and if, if anyone hasn't gone onto a rather's youtube channel and checked out his, his my team and his career and stuff it's just it's just a roller coaster so go and check it out <laughs> if you haven't checked it out before but like you've had some crazy numbers on that haven't you and that just shows how yeah. people how much people get immersed in that career mode so anything that can make that better i suppose it's going to make your life easier and it's going to oh yeah push people to the mode as well yeah totally like i can already think of like scenario even like with the the obviously now we just recently heard about the seven icon legends that were revealed yeah uh, to be in the game and straight away I, I just thought of so many scenarios so many wacky race titles and scenarios for episodes where you'd have some really cool things like you know we've got the likes of nico rosberg in there you know imagine you have like a career mode race where rosberg goes up against hamilton again yeah and it, it's just these storylines that you can build and yeah as a content creator especially it's like really juicy to think but even just as a player i think you know people are going to really enjoy having people like jensen button back in the game or you know even older than that david coulthard and obviously absolute legends of the sport alan prost uh and senna schumacher i think there's uh was it felipe massa in there as well so yeah. yeah there's a there's a lot to look forward to as an f1 fan i think in terms of getting immersed in a in a world that you create your own yeah and something that was like buried in the press release as well was something called real season start i don't know if you've yeah. seen this but mm. it enables players to begin at any point in the season with real-time driver and constructor standings now that opens up i don't know if you play football manager games but you can do like challenges in there where you like save right. a team for relegation with 10 games to go or you've got to yeah. win the title with five games to go this gives you a very similar thing doesn't it where you can say yeah. you know what if i'm 50 points behind we've got 10 races left Let's do a challenge like that or, you know, going into the last three races, you're one point ahead or something. It just gives you so many different options, doesn't it, to challenge yourself? Yeah, because I assume the way it's worded is you can keep on like making multiple saves and hopping in later on in the year. So, yeah, yeah you could kind of dive in at one point and that's your scenario then. Like, let's say you take over Verstappen or something or you go into the other Red Bull seat. And yeah, you could change the course of history essentially in, in that career mode save. And then you can make another one and hop in later and have all these different kind of things. And you can obviously choose up and down the grid. So you can play your own little scenarios of, you know, you could be the, the back marker team, Williams or Haas, or, you know, vice versa, midfield team, Aston Martin, trying to get up the order and recover. Um, so yeah, I think that's got a lot of potential of just, yeah, having, again, just different things that players are experiencing. It's not all the same thing if you were to compare game saves and whatnot. Um, 
And yeah, I think the real season start. It's just something that I think, like you mentioned, you know, you watch F1 right now and you want to hop in and you want to play F1, the game, because you're getting excited about the sport. This is that kind of thing where I can see if you watched a really entertaining Grand Prix in real life, you could just dive into the real season start then at that point and you could get, you you'll get so hyped because that's, you just watched that race and now you're diving into that point in the season. Yeah, definitely. And like Barcelona, for example, where we saw, you know, Hamilton pit early, what you could then do is you could be Max Verstappen, if you like, and then you could mm. do the same strategy and then see how it worked. Or you could pit like a lap yeah, after yeah. on the same tyres and see what, yeah. you know, you can kind of test out the different strategies. So that's, I think that's a really, really exciting feature and that can be used and abused as much as much. Yeah, yeah, can. yeah. You could just keep doing like rewriting history as exactly. much as you want. Yeah, exactly. So it gives people that, that chance. But I mean... No, no doubt whatsoever in my mind, the, the best thing for this year's game that I've seen so far are the three new tracks that are, that are launching on the game. So you've got Portimao, Imola and Jeddah, which will be available to all players as free post-launch content. Now, I don't know about you, but when I saw the cars going around Imola last season, yeah. that was just <laughs> absolutely extraordinary. Like to watch such an iconic racetrack that I haven't been to for years and just watching just a fantastic race. And then obviously this year with everything that went on with Hamilton and Verstappen and Norris had a fantastic race as well and almost almost got a second place on the grid, if not for his, <laughs> his lap, a cut lap at the end. But the, these tracks, when you watch them, all you want to do is hop on an F1 game and play them. And it, sometimes it's so frustrating that someone like me who's a console player, you know, you can't do that without, you know, doing some crazy modding or whatever. But to have those circuits on this new track, that's going to be amazing for the casual player. Yeah, it's going to be really good. Like with, yeah, if you're a PC player, you obviously have the the advantage of, you know, going to another game, like a set of Corsa and downloading like a track mod for Imola. But even that's like, it's it's satisfying to a point that um, I've always commended Codemars. I don't, I don't think people give them enough credit of how good their AI are. Uh, so if some, for someone like me as an offline player, um, you know, a set of Corsa AI are just, just terrible they're just they're so bad at the starts they take yeah. you out so often and uh, i don't think people appreciate how good of a race the codemasters f1 ai give you so to have the ability to finally race with these ai on the circuit on the new game uh is going to be epic and like you said yeah imola for me personally portimao was uh e- equally as exciting because yeah last year we had an absolute banger race maybe this year wasn't too exciting but as a track to drive it's so just a, a chaos, like say, undulations left and right, blind corners. So that's going to be so difficult, but so fun to try and master in the F1 game. And then to have a, have a race and knowing the F1 game, obviously the races are usually a little bit more crazy than they are in real life. So I can't imagine what chaos is going to ensue around Portimao. And then, uh, like you said as well, we've got uh, the Saudi Arabia uh, Grand Prix as well coming later. That's going to be a kind of an unknown situation as well. Uh, and then, yeah, Imola, just epic to have that back in an official F1 game. The last time we had that in an official F1 game, was uh, F1 2013 so it's wow. uh, it's been a while it's been a while yeah definitely and yeah Jeddah it'll be interesting because we'll be able to race round the track before the yeah, cars do yeah. uh, which is mental isn't when you think about it but I'm sure obviously they've probably had a go in the simulator and stuff in, in the professional F1 teams but yeah that's going to be really interesting to, to race on a track that the F1 cars haven't been to yet that's a bit of a weird yeah. one well I mean we had a funny situation like that well we still have it now where the, on F1 2020 you can race around a Vietnam Grand Prix circuit oh, of course yeah, that's of course. never been raced never at. been used <laughs> yeah so. that's crazy <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Never forget Vietnam. I mean, I don't know if it's coming back, but I mean, I quite liked it, to be honest, on the game. I've, I was quite a big fan of I it. With, it that, with the long... potential. On the yeah, game, we... it was quite chaotic. I don't know yeah. about maybe real life. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I think obviously they stopped it because just of uh, you know the government wanting to focus on COVID recovery. So maybe in the future, I mean they they drew out all the plans, they were preparing all the grandstands and stuff like that. So you know um, maybe in the future, you know two three years down the line, if uh, their economy has recovered a bit better, where the government feels like it's a thing they can do, then yeah, might come back and we might might see the Vietnam Grand Prix circuit come back into the F1 game. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it won't be there now for 2021. And you, you touched on it earlier on, but this is the first game where EA are going to basically launch the game with Codemasters after they yeah. completed their acquisition um, in February this year. So uh, Electronic Art, also known as EA, completed the acquisition of Codemasters in a deal worth $1.2 billion. So it's a massive <laughs> deal at the time. And it obviously joins their, their racing portfolio they've got already around Need for Speed and things like that as well. Do you think there'll be much influence this year for EA or do you think it'll be next year that we see the real influence? Yeah, in terms of the game, I don't think so. The actual game itself, I think it'll be very much Codemasters baby. Um, and next year, that's when we're going to see any influence of, you know, either it be budget, resources, direction they want to take certain things. I think for me as a creator, I've seen where the difference is coming at the moment this year is more to do with the marketing side, the way they um, maybe, you know, uh, handle the PR and the press stuff. I think you even know that as well. You know, the way, the way they've yeah. done it is a bit, bit, bit different. Codemasters used to be quite open and they would send things quite in advance uh, to press and creators. Like I'm talking like a good few days for us to prepare videos, for example, and news. Whereas now, you know, the EA style is kind of do it on the day, literally. I mean, like the, the other day when the icons got revealed, I was at a pub. When I got an email, <laughs> when I got the email through, so I I, I wasn't uh, it wasn't like a uh, like a uh, a thing I had to definitely be at. So I just quickly nipped home, did the video, and then went back to the pub afterwards. Um, so it's definitely a bit different there. For example, uh, Codemasters had their own content creator kind of program called Racing Ahead. And EA have had uh, one for a few years now called the Game Changers Network. Yeah. And uh, from my content perspective, um, I'm now working kind of with both programs. I, I was already in the Game Changers program because I did some work with EA for Need for Speed, thankfully. So I already knew how it kind of works. Um, but they've kind of started to merge those two programs, for example. So behind the scenes with the PR stuff, I think that's where EA are having the biggest influence right now. And clearly with the marketing and stuff, that's very, it's very EA, very, you know, kind of keeping it kind of close to your chest and then kind of doing a kind of big whammy when it's time to reveal things. But in terms of the game, yeah, I think next year, that's when we're going to see any influence, whether it be, you know, those dreaded microtransactions or, you know, just budget or where the game's going to go, essentially. And then it's going to be really cool to see long term where it goes because i think codemasters you know they know what the player base wants they know where they want to take the game and ea have said only just this last week i think i saw an article somewhere that they've again reiterated that they're going to be quite hands-off with codemasters when it comes to the f1 game maybe so i'm tentatively positive about how how things are going so far obviously we're meant <laughs> to be seen in a couple of years time whether it'll be the same maybe maybe in like two three years or if we keep doing a podcast like this like every, once every year maybe in like two or three years time we can come back and quote this and see see the difference <laughs> yeah I, I like i like what you said there and I, I kind of the analogy that i use for this that ea and codemasters coming together is like an italian car manufacturer and a german car manufacturer coming together and <laughs> that's you, pretty good you want the German car manufacturer to do the engineering and you want the Italian car manufacturer to do the styling. Now yes. there's, there's there's a very with EA, if EA were to take over, like you said, and, and be a bit too hands-on, that could that could diminish some of the the, the codemasters magic, yeah, if totally. you like, that makes it so special, that makes the game so special. But um yeah, I, I thought I think I shared it with you uh, back in March, but I spoke to 
Steve Poynton, the um, SVP yeah, of yeah. third-party content at EA. Um, yeah. And he said, this was a direct quote, uh, direct quote, we will be treating the Codemaster Studios as an independent group for the foreseeable future, whilst giving them all the support they need to develop their much-loved games and exploring all opportunities for growth as we go. We're incredibly excited about what the future holds for them. And while they will remain independent, we'll be there to pour fuel on their growth capabilities. Um, that seems to me, like you said, that, they're going to be getting that right in terms of just giving them as because if Codemasters at the moment or in previous games, um, you know they're 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 a big company, but they're relatively small compared to the likes of EA or Activision oh, totally. Blizzard or Epic totally. Games. So having Electronic Arts with them that could give them that extra budget, just push it to the next level and make it one of the best sporting titles out there. Yeah, for sure. I think that's that. That quotes. Yeah, if, if if it is true and it pans out like that, it's an exciting thing for F one fans and for the F one game. Like you said, yeah, Codemasters. They're, they're not huge. It's actually quite impressive how big the F one game is and how it how big it's been getting uh, initially before EA took them over. Because uh, yeah, having gone to their HQ before, like pre COVID, yeah, it's you do see the difference of yeah, they are a smaller team, but they're doing a lot with what they've got. But now, yeah, they could get some extra stuff from EA. And uh, like you said, you know, also in terms of pouring fuel in the fire that could also be not just in the terms of actual making the game but also just marketing it better you know ea know how to advertise games you know they're, they're not one of the biggest you know developers and publishers in the world for nothing so um i think it can be an advantage to f1 and for codemasters it's just a case of obviously words are cheap sometimes it's it's gonna have to we're gonna have to <laughs> just see how it pans out basically <laughs> yeah i think we've seen from the fifa community which i'm heavily involved in that yeah exactly they're american-based business but they've got an office in canada and one of the biggest kind of criticisms of EA is that football in Canada don't really mix. If you if you see what I mean, yeah, so yeah, 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 totally. Whenever the whenever there's any issues with the game, the first thing the FIFA community goes to is, "Oh, what do you expect? They're in Canada. They're in America. They don't understand football." That's the first thing, isn't it? So with with Formula One games. The, the thing that you don't want to happen is Codemasters to develop this amazing game and then EA to get involved and go, oh, what about if you do this? Or what about if you do that? And then Codemasters are like, yeah, but we don't want to do it because that's yeah. what fans... Well, do you I know think, what I mean? It's that I, thing. Yeah, that's exactly like a scenario that's played in my head of like, oh, this could go a little bit wrong. But at the same time, I tweeted out when when, Codemasters, when EA were officially making it, like actually getting the deal done. And my, my concerns of being you know, an F1 fan, I like to be optimistic, but also I was concerned. And one of the, I think, head kind of higher up developers tweeted me saying, you know, don't worry, like, you know, we're, we're still the same team. We still want the F1 game to be the best it can be. And EA are just going to help us out. So I, I think I've been reassured by things like that of if, if you know, the higher ups in development are clearly, you know, they believe that it's going to be a case of they can still have the reins and EA will just maybe lightly suggest things or help them out if Codemasters ask them to. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm positive about that. But equally, yeah, that scenario just played out. It's uh, it's definitely something that we've seen before. And their track record's not amazing with that kind of stuff when it comes with FIFA. So you got to take it all with a pinch of salt and not get too ahead of ourselves. It'd be interesting to see if we get any clues this year. I know you said that we're probably not going to get the full EA influence until 2022, but it'd be interesting to see if there's any little hints in there. Do you know what I mean? In the game, yeah. if there's anything yeah. that you pick up and think, oh, that feels like EA maybe, because I know FIFA fans who listen to this, they'll, they'll know straight away if there's anything that resembles EA in the game, they'll pick up on it straight away. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what will happen when the game comes out. Yeah, but totally. You mentioned, obviously, the whole EA influence and then I mean 2022 
is going to be a crazy year for the F1 game because yeah. it's the first full year that EA will have been in control of the the franchise. It'll be the first year of the new rules. It'll be the first real next-gen game with a new engine. Anything else to throw yeah, into the mix? Is there any other, any other changes? I don't, there's probably some others that I can't, can't even remember off the top of my head. Like, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, there's actually there's a lot. That, that year is going to be... Uh, uh, yeah, it's gonna be hectic. Uh, just, just realizing, yeah, it's gonna be a, he- a very hectic year, and uh, it's gonna be a big step into the unknown in a lot of different ways, um, which can either be a great thing or a tentative, uh, like a yeah. you know, oh, is this too much to to do in one year if so yeah. much changing? So we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, what what we've seen before from Codemasters, obviously with developing games and and things, I, I fully trust them to to do a really good job with it, and um, I'm just really excited to see to see what happen over the next few years mm. because because we're seeing with formula one in particular that there's a new audience that's emerging a new younger yeah. audience and and f1 have uh, obviously introduced the sprint race format which is to try and draw that younger audience in to make it a bit more exciting and i think the f1 game can only grow as you know yeah, I mean, as more the more sport popular. grows the yeah. f1 game will grow uh, and especially if the uh, as the younger audience of f1 grows the F1 game will grow because obviously the younger audience maybe t- uh, tends to, you know, get into the gaming side of things more so than maybe the older generation that are watching the sport, you know, from like 20 years ago, for example. So, yeah, it can only be a good, I mean, it's really great to see for uh, the sport and the game grow together like this. And uh, yeah, it's exciting times in terms of, you know, Liberty Media, ever since they came in, I think there's that difference in the sport. And it did kind of, it did it did affect the F1 game. I think Codemasters were opened up, you know, things like driver transfers in the F1 career mode. Yeah. That was absolutely not on the table like a couple of years ago. Like we were, t- we were told as creators when we asked them and pressed them on it, they're like, there's too much red tape from F1 from the teams. And now you see we've got things like, you know, creating your own team on the grid, bringing back legends of the sport on ratings, the grid. Pla- yeah, know, rating, yeah, ratings. things like ratings, which are maybe a touchy subject for teams and then drivers. They've got all of that. And more and more, it's, you know, they're getting these features that are very FIFA-like into the F1 game, which I, I yeah. never thought would be possible a couple of years ago. And that's thanks to, you know, things like Liberty Media and F1 itself being more open and cooperative with Codemasters, clearly. It wasn't that long ago. I mean, you'll know. It wasn't that long ago that the F one games were considered like a niche game. You were, yeah, totally. Yeah, you were a, you were kind of different if you liked the game. But now it's so mainstream because the sport's grown. So you know, as the sport grows, the game will grow as well. Yeah, totally. I've, I've, I'm still surprised. That I keep getting surprised to this day when I you know see um, you know fans of, of F one that I, I see on Twitter, and then then, it, then when I tweet about you know the F one game, and there's actually a lot more people who are interested and they'll like the tweets and they're, they're engaging the F one game stuff. Even though I've gained quite a following on Twitter via just talking about real life F one, and uh, especially like with Quadrant, for example, you know a lot of Lando's fans. Uh, you know, follow Quadrant now and they follow us as individual creators. And I've been surprised at how much crossover there's been of, you know, fans and um, of Landos that, you know, you think, oh, maybe a couple of years ago, you know, they'd just be into the F1 start, side of things, maybe not to the game side. And now they're genuinely interested in the game side of things because it's become so much more mainstream as a game because it's gotten so much better and it's gotten so much more accessible as well. Like you can pick it up with a controller and still have a fun time, I think. Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned Quadrant there, a lovely segue into Quadrant, which is um, an amazing lifestyle and gaming brand. 
Uh, just, I'm just going to read you the press release from when it was launched um, <laughs> a few a few months ago. Um, Formula One ace Lando Norris has today announced the launch of his very own premium lifestyle and gaming brand, Quadrant. The organization aims to bridge the gap between his real-world motorsport activities and his now reputable streaming ventures. Quadrant will focus on blending four key aspects, gaming, apparel, racing, and content, prioritizing audience entertainment through authentic, casual content. The channel will also look to engage fans in new and exciting ways, with plans for Norris to use a Quadrant design helmet of the 2020 Bahrain Grand Prix, and the aim to bring the squad to multiple Formula One race locations next year. Um, I've got a squad member here, or rather, you're, you're <laughs> one-fifth of Quadrant. Um, tell me a bit more about it, please. Why did you get involved? and what is it all about it's uh it's an absolute whirlwind it's been a it's been like it's been a project that i've been a part of like no other i've done you know things in the past maybe with veloce esports for example uh but quadrant is is a really different entity because just of the affiliation with lando you know the lando's got such a crazy following and such high engagement on socials and he's so in touch with his fans in a way um and that kind of crosses over to quadrant but yeah it's been it's been mental so quadrant is just yeah all about his love obviously racing gaming apparel and lifestyle and uh, in terms of the quadrant youtube channel there's obviously you know five of us myself lando niran marie and steve all different creators from, with different backgrounds obviously i'm i'm formula one based uh niran is fifa based maria call of duty warzone and steve kind of more grand turismo and then obviously lando being the f1 driver or twitch streamer however you want to say it um and it's been just it's just a lot of fun to be able to create video content that is uh, quite different to what I'm used to. I think for me, it's been a really nice outlet of creativity. Like, you know, the videos we create at Quadrant are, you know, some of them are quite similar, you know, with some F1 content in there, but a lot of them, you know, in real life stuff, for example, we did Quadrant Baking. Uh, we did, you know, a luxury V budget watching the uh, yeah. Portuguese Grand Prix, for example. Uh, and we've got a lot of plans for when, co you know, COVID allows us to open up. And like he's mentioned there, you know, uh, Lando and Quadrant, they're looking to bring us four to Grand Prix's uh in later this year hopefully uh to do some content there so it's it's just a very different outlet of creativity for me personally so that's what what i love about it and in terms of getting involved obviously um Vloche powers it and kind of helps run it behind the scenes so that's why how i was able to kind of get on board but i got in actually quite late into 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 the team in terms of it was quite early uh talks i think early 2020 so you know this this time last year i think when they first started talking about it then obviously covid hit and that kind of delayed things a little bit um and then i came quite late on in terms of like i think halfway through the summer um some uh kind of the higher-ups of Vloche asked me do i want to get involved with quadrant this exciting project i already knew that my flatmate niran was involved in it and it just made sense it just made sense that me and my flatmate niran he has so we have so much synergy as a duo it made sense i'm also friends i've been friends with maria for a couple of years as well and i've known steve as a mutual kind of creator for a few years so it just made sense to get involved with it and then of course i'd already raced with lando before and the not the gp stuff so he knew of me and uh it's been it's been really cool and lando's genuinely really really invested in it like he knows all four of us he knows our content you know only just now you know we've we've joked a little bit that we've kind of tainted him in a bit because he's already started we've got him to start saying like slang that me and niran will say you know from like london and stuff <laughs> like that and he's he started saying it to us when he joins discord for example to record videos so it's, it's really cool how much he's embraced it all and he's uh yeah he's just fully all about it and i think it definitely just 
it, Quadrant's a great outlet for him as well as a, as a person away from Formula One for him to express what he likes, which is, you know, gaming stuff. He wants to get into apparel and clothing. We've done our first kind of merch drop and we've got another one coming up. Um, and then, you know, just the lifestyle aspect of just being a cool brand. That I think definitely his fans so far have been absolutely crazy. Like Lando's fans are like the best fans in the world. They're just so passionate about him, so passionate about Quadrant and therefore passionate about us. So it's uh, it's been amazing. It's been a whirlwind so far. And it's only early days. We've, we're only you know, less than a year in and we've had all these COVID restrictions. So, you know, I, 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 I'm very excited for the future of what, what there might be without these restrictions and when we can actually meet up often in person and do content like that. Yeah, because, I mean, one of the things we've seen over the last few years is that people are almost pigeonholed into what they should be or what they can be. Mm. And, like, you know, people are saying that, you know, footballers are footballers and Formula One drivers are Formula One drivers. You can only do one thing. But, like, we've seen Marcus Rashford, you know, he's a footballer, but he's also a social icon. And he, you know, he made the government backtrack on a number of things and things like this with Lando Norris. Obviously, he's a Formula One driver, but he's also just a really cool guy and he wants to be a content creator and he likes streaming and he likes, you know, playing against people. He likes interacting with fans. So why can't he be a content creator as well? And it's good. It's good to see him getting involved in this kind of, and I think it's just the way the world's going and it gives, it gives fans the chance to access him more and to talk to him more directly. And yeah, I I just think it's a, a fantastic thing. And, you know, at the end of 2019, if I would have said to you that, you know, at the 2021 Monaco Grand Prix, you'd be doing quadrant takes on Monaco with Lando Norris, uh, Jimmy Broadbent, Thibaut Courtois, Zerka, Max Futrell, and a team. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You would, you would, yeah, have, no, you would have gone. What, what are you on about? Yeah, you know I mean? totally. <laughs> I mean, if, if you just told me that, like, you know, very regularly, like once a week or every other week, that I'm in a Discord call with Lando and my flatmate and two of my other mates, and we're, we're recording videos together for a joint channel, I would have been like, what on earth are you on about? Like, what, what, are, you, what are you saying to me? And the fact that, you know, um, yeah, things like the, Mon- you know, Quadra does the Monaco Grand Prix, and we've got, you know, these crazy stars in there like Courtois, and, uh, you know, we've worked with that. I think now three of the sidemen, I think in different capacities. We've worked with Zerka now for this uh, Quadrant Does Monaco. We've done a video of with Warzone, with Big Star, uh, Rocket League with Toby. So we're ticking off the sidemen slowly, but surely. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's just crazy to be able to do these collabs. You know, we got Will and Eon for, a Jeopardy, for an F1 Jeopardy quiz. You know, being able to work with these massive creators that, you know, I've watched for years and that I, I've known, uh, you know, a few of them, uh, you know, through mutual connections on Twitter to actually get them involved with F1 content that we're doing um, is amazing. And to, to, to get, you know, to be able to do the opportunity to just work with an F1 driver is something that I have to constantly like still remind myself of. Like now it's kind of normal to me that, you know, I know Lando a bit more personally, but I do have to kind of check myself and remember like, you know, only two years ago, this would have been bonkers. And let alone like eight years ago, if you told me that I was going to be working with an F1 driver that's at the top of his game, smashing it right now in Formula One. Um, yeah, it would have been, it would have been like, what on <laughs> earth are you on about? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was, like I said about, like there was a lot of, a lot of traditional things have been just smashed into oblivion over the past, mm. you know, 24 months. And like, if you think about if you were a sportsman um, or a sportswoman, you know, five, 10 years ago, and you were, you were new to a sport and you wanted to raise your profile, you go to newspapers, you do interviews, you do TV interviews, you know, you do radio interviews and yeah, you'd get an audience, but you'd get a certain demographic of audience through that. 
But what this, what the like quadrant does and what content creation does is it attracts a whole new audience of the younger generation and engages that audience as well. So content creation in general is so huge that that's just the way to build the brand, isn't it? Yeah, and like you said, like before, you know, it's also a really great way for Lando's fans to just get more access to him and see him and yeah. more stuff. And also at the same time, you know, he, him as a person, like he's he's grown as a as a creator. Like you know, it's kind of weird, weird to say that because his main job is obviously Formula One. But even I've noticed, like you know, in, in recordings and whatnot, he's become more confident. You know, with you know how he's speaking videos or you know how over exuberant. Obviously, you you know maybe you know YouTube is generally quite outspoken, very confident, you know, <laughs> yeah. very loud. Yeah. Um, and when you first start that sort of thing, it's maybe not natural. And uh, he's really you know grown into that and improved in that kind of sense. And um, it's really you know just fun just to have a laugh with him basically, and that makes fun content for his fans seeing him having fun in a different context, whether it be you know gaming on warzone or other games or the f1 game um and it's just yeah it's just a great way to have that synergy between that part of his life and his f1 stuff and also quadrant as a brand now is its own sort of thing and it has its own personality of the way that you know our social media managers tweet out from the account and whatnot and they're, they're building a relationship with with lando's fans and other f1 fans and then that cross pollinates with you know for example my my fans or my my f1 fans for my channel so it's it's just a really nice dynamic of having so many cross links from so many different worlds that are colliding that like you said i don't think would have been a thing in the last everyone for like the last couple like you know two years especially with how the esports space especially racing esports has, has kind of gone uh with the kind of pandemic as well yeah definitely and obviously with lando signed his new multi-year contract with mclaren this week, um, which is a fantastic for, for both him and, and McLaren because they're going places. And, and like you said, Lando is absolutely smashing at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, he's best the rest, really. If you, t- if you take out Rebel oh, yeah, and McLaren, totally. yeah, he's smashing it. Uh, he'd probably win every Grand Prix pretty much he, on form. I'd back him anyway. I'm sure you would as well. Yeah, yeah, you. totally. Yeah, yeah. So Easy. is Lando your boss, technically? Um, uh, he, well, we have a running joke in quadrant that he's like the CEO. So yeah, he's like, he's technically like our boss, but uh, it's, it's, no, it's, it's, it's a very kind of, you know, we're on the same sort of mutual level in terms of, um, we have like producers and, um, like managers that tell us, you know, yeah. about obviously, cause Lando's got a very busy, busy schedule. So yeah. we need to work with his managers and our managers at quadrant to kind of work out the schedule for him. You know, obviously he's very much, I think I, I, I assume the way his days work, or they're all booked every hour is booked and accounted for. So, um, <laughs> yeah. it, there's a bit of management away from us five and uh thankfully a lot of the time it just works out that they they do all the kind of planning stuff and we can us as a five just jump in record have some fun um so yeah maybe technically he he technically is because obviously he owns the whole thing but uh very much in terms of the vibe he's yeah it's just it's just just a mate really now which is really crazy to say but um yeah it's just a very cool vibe yeah that's pretty cool when you say like that Lando Norris, my mate. <laughs> my, yeah. yeah, I mean, like we'll, we'll tweet about him, like, oh, that's my mate Lando <laughs> yeah. getting a podium, or whatever, or like, you know, my yeah. G. Um, so you know, yeah, it's just, it's just cool to to be able to um just have that like actual mutual respect as well. I think he like respects us in terms of what we are as creators as well, and vice versa. We also know that you know he is you know who he is. So at the same time, it's like you know we're doing the best we can to to you know make sure we're growing the brand of Quadrant as big as we can. Um, but I think it's it only works as good as it will if we're all on the same page and there's no kind of, you know, oh, you are technically my boss. It's just kind of like a, you know, <laughs> yeah. a, a group effort of like yeah. what makes the best content and things like that. 
well, I'm, I'm best of luck with it. I think it's an amazing thing. I'm, I've already subscribed on, you know, all the platforms you can subscribe <laughs> to, and I, I'm, I'm planning on getting some apparel very, very shortly. I've, I've t- I think we spoke off air, didn't we, about the apparel? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I really need some of that in my life, so I'll be, I'll be getting on that um, shortly. Yeah. But you, uh, best of luck with everything. It's an amazing venture. Uh, I just wanted to touch on esports because I know you mentioned esports there. Um, yeah. Obviously, F1 esports has exploded as every other esport has um, during the pandemic. And obviously, we saw Yano Otmir win, win the whole thing last year. And yeah. um, incredible audience that watched it, um, far in excess of what they've had before. Obviously, with the new game, there's obviously going to be an esports element with it. Last year, we saw a few issues with the pit yeah, stop there was situation. Some, some teething issues. Yeah. yeah, there was the pit stop issue. There was a few disconnections, as I'm sure Lando will attest to when you're watching the not the GP series, the first couple of races and and track limits as well, which is a big thing both in esports and in, in real life Formula One as well. But do you think they'll nail it for this year? Do you think they'll focus it a bit more on on that for the for the audience? I think they always try, they always strive to improve it year on year. It's it's a very fine balancing act because, like I said, I think majority of players still buy the F one game for the offline experience. So they do have to put a lot of resources there and they try their best to to iron out uh, things. But I, I think they'll always try and do that because there's definitely bugs that have been there in the past that were there now last year, for example, that they've ironed out. So again, they'll hopefully try and out, iron out these things. And I think the thing is, with I think with EA coming in, I think in the future, long term, I think things like having more resource with EA maybe is what's going to help them so they can get maybe a um, a bigger team potentially for multiplayer to, to be a bit more dedicated to ironing out those bugs, developing systems that make it a better viewing experience, for example, better connectivity you know maybe dare i say dedicated servers in the future and things like that um so i think i think the ea acquisition is actually as much as it's exciting for for people like me with offline stuff and content creation i think also for online obviously ea know how to build into online with their other sports games so as much as maybe i'm tentative how they go with it you know with microtransactions and stuff i think they have also a good basis of actually genuinely improving and helping codemaster in that department Absolutely. I'm I'm really excited to to see what comes this year in terms of the game and you know getting on Imola for the first time on a on a game this year oh, would just be incredible. Esports that, that I, I assume they'll take esports to that, to that track. To, and it's gonna be epic. It's gonna be yeah. sick. It's going yeah, to be amazing, totally. uh, particularly Portimao and, and yeah, you know, watching well. <laughs> watching them at Jeddah as well. Thinking like you know they've not really been able to practice or anything on that. Um, yeah, so yeah. Really well, they did that with Vietnam last yeah. year, this last course, year. So yeah. I'm sure yeah. they'll do that with Jeddah. Um, yeah. So that's going to be yeah exciting to see them push the limits of the game because they're all alien like really at the game. So it's, <laughs> it's sometimes you're just watching awe and your jaw drops of like yeah. I, I don't I physically don't understand how you're this quick. But there you go. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think TRL Limitless has got a video one of his biggest videos where it was like this is the level of F1 esports and I think it was Rasmussen was it Rasmussen or some someone similar maybe it was Jarno actually and he just watched him for an entire lap I think it was Monza and he was just it was absolutely yeah, miraculous Yano's a different level. Like I've had, I've, I've had the pleasure of racing with him a few times, and it's just, he's just a monster. And it, the thing is, I don't know if you've seen Yano in the off season. He's been doing a lot of different things on different games and different yeah, hot laps. Yeah. And he's just, he's just rapid everywhere. Uh, and it's the same for a lot of these esports guys. Um, you know, Rasmussen. Obviously, Rasmussen got a drive in, uh, in a real FE, FE car, didn't he? Yeah. 
um, doing the, you know, winning the FE uh, esports thing. So there's, uh, I think there's a lot of exciting uh, ways esports can go um, later this year, not just with F1, but just also like, like, like I just mentioned with the FE and other ventures of esports in racing. Um, it, it can only get bigger because there's just more and more people getting into it. And more and more people coming out of the woodwork, becoming fast and quick enough and being competitive. We've seen James Baldwin as well, the world's fastest gamer. He won an award, didn't he, recently? Yeah, and it was like the most exciting prospect, basically, coming that was up it. through the ranks. Yeah, most exciting prospect, so yeah. That is, yeah, I, I actually I spoke to James about this at the Veloce office, I think, a couple of weeks ago, just when it, when it broke. And uh, yeah, I mean, he, even he can't believe it. Like, it's just mental for him to, to have that kind of stature. And then, obviously, he's still doing a lot a lot of stuff in esports and uh, looking to hopefully maybe do some things in real life as well later, maybe next year. Uh, I think this year has been a bit difficult with COVID and budgets drying up a little bit. Um, but yeah, uh, you've got him as well as another good case in point of just smashing it and, you know, constantly pushing the limit of where esports fits in with real life. And in terms of, you know, people like James and Yano and... I think with with esports, I know we touched on it last time you were here, but I think there's real potential for F1 esports to be like a gateway into Formula One. The more realistic the game becomes and the simulation equipment becomes, the more opportunities it gives younger people from different demographics to have access to that, to prove that they're good enough. Because going to different championships at go-kart level is not cheap. Totally, we, yeah. we spoke with James about how much it costs and... He had yeah, to give it up. He had to give it yeah, up because yeah. it was just too expensive. So for every Lewis Hamilton, there's there might be hundreds or thousands of children out there who just haven't aren't given the opportunity but have the talent. So I think there's real potential there, and hopefully in the future we'll see we'll see that because I think there's loads of potential in in esports. But I'll end on the final question, taking Lando out of it completely because I know you're going to say Lando, but <laughs> Verstappen or Hamilton this year? What do you think? Ooh. Uh, I, you know, Verstappen's been very good at times this year. And Red Bull, they've had some inklings, but... Don't sit on the fence. Don't sit on the fence. Come on. I'm not going to sit on the fence. I'm going to say, you know, I, even despite that, I just think Hamilton and Mercedes, they're just they're just different gravy. They they have that extra thing. Hamilton is so mature now. You can see it with the way he talks in interviews and things like that. His mind is so switched on with what he needs to do to win this championship. And, you know, the longest championship we're going to have of like, you know, what, 21 races or whatever it is. Uh, it's like a marathon and it's not a sprint. And I think maybe Verstappen still thinks of it as like lots of little sprints, whereas Hamilton looks at the bigger picture. And I think he's just got that overwhelming, I don't know, just it's not in luck because you make your own luck in Formula 1, but there's just that, you know, like, you know, uh, Imola when he, when he went off on in the gravel and it was just that thought process of, oh, I'm going to get this car beached if I don't put this in reverse and slowly reverse out of here yeah. rather than trying to floor it out or spin it around. So it's just those little things where I just think he's just going to keep on picking up those points that he needs to. You know, even if Verstappen wins a couple of races, he'll do enough to get the second place like he did at Imola. Um, so for me, I think it's, I think Hamilton will still take it. Uh, and Merck as a team, they're just solid. Like they've spoken about Red Bull making mistakes, which they have. And they did, they made another one at Spain by not obviously covering off Hamilton's two-stop yeah. strategy. So I think Hamilton and Mercedes are just, they're just too, they're just too good. No matter how good Red Bull gets, I think at this point in time with their personnel and the way Hamilton is in his mind and the way he's driving, I think, yeah, I just don't see it going any other way. Yeah, I think even even if Verstappen has got the better car, which is arguable at this stage of the yeah, season yeah. now. I mean, I hope I hope that they, I hope him and Red Bull give Hamilton a real good yeah. fight because I, I wouldn't mind, you know, if Hamilton wins it again. If it's just a mega fight and it gets decided in like the second last race or the last race, 
Uh, and I think that is, I, I think that's going to be the case. I think Jenny, like you said, Red Bull arguably do have a quicker car when it's the right circumstances. So, uh, but just at the end of the day, I think Merck and Hamilton will just be consistent enough to still not lose it. I think the f- the first race of the season in in Bahrain, I think that just set the tone for me in terms of the, if if that was any other driver in front of Max Verstappen, Verstappen would have got him. Yes, but because it was Hamilton. He won. Yeah, Hamilton was, was that, able yeah, to totally. just that extra little bit that you need that that makes you a champion. You know, to eke out as much as you can from a car which in Bahrain it was clearly not as good as the Red Bull. If that was any other driver, Verstappen yeah, would have won totally. that race. But because totally. it was Hamilton, he won it. So yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you on that one. And I was just looking. I mean, Verstappen, 123 race starts, four pole positions, four. Yeah. That's it's, gonna uh, be a massive thing. Um in because ter- we've seen a lot of, you know, Perez getting onto the front uh, the front uh, I think he was second, wasn't he, in Imola? Um yeah, and yeah. Verstappen messed up his lap. So yeah, I can't I can't see past Hamilton this year, but hopefully it'll go down to the wire because it'll be an exciting it's been a, an amazing season so far. Hopefully it continues yeah. uh in, in this in Monaco and yeah, I think I think I don't know, Hamilton's so good around Monaco. I can't really yeah, we'll see. It'll be it'll be it'll be, it'll be deciding qualifying as yeah, one of those is. Yeah. Um and uh there's been unless, obviously it, unless it rains on it Saturday, rains. which means it'll be a Ferrari one two. <laughs> yeah, well yeah, they've been very good in FP two, haven't they? So yeah. yeah, we'll see about that. But yeah. I think it, I hopefully it'll just be a very exciting season no matter what the outcome really. Yeah, let's hope. But I've I've took so much of your time already. So I really, really appreciate you coming on to chat with me about F one, F one twenty twenty one, quadrant and and all things esports as well. It's always great to to have a chat with you and I wish you all the best with your, not that you need it, because uh, since you <laughs> was on, since you was on uh, over a year ago now, um, your stock has risen considerably <laughs> and you're now mates with Lando Norris. And I'm not going to take any credit for that, but it just seems, you know, it seems like it's happened for <laughs> the you. The inflection so. point. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, wish yeah, you all the best man. with your future career and I can't wait to see what you do next. Yeah. Cheers, man. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, always good to come on and chat Formula One and the F1 game. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Level Up, the esports and gaming show. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and please leave us a rating and review. You can also follow us on Twitter at Level Up Pod, where you'll find all of our previous episodes and information about how to subscribe. We'll be back with a brand new episode very soon. <laughs>